and no. We like never. Uh uh-uh. uh. We all rely on advice here and there, but sometimes you need someone to help you realize you, what you actually do want. Huh? It's some money <laughs> and a foot rub. Is that on there? Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar and I'm here with my co-host Katie Kazmir. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So we're here, this is our July the 4th Independence Day celebration of freedom. Yes, happy free, freedom to all. Yes, what freedom to all. Everybody, yeah. and that's what we're here. Get what we're free, all about. free your mind, free yourself. Freedom. We're all about freedom. And we're also about vacations. Yes. This is the, we're in the sweet spot of vacations. Talk about freedom. <laughs> so we're all about freedom and vacations yeah. in this episode. All right, so what do you have? What do you want to kick off with? Well, I want to talk about... Um, Salmon and peas on the 4th of July. Because I was looking up, what do people eat? It's the typical hot dogs, hamburgers, and stuff. For for, for me, uh, crabs. Bushels of crabs. And then just national bohemian. Maybe some Natty Bow Light to go yes. along with it. Yes, that sounds nice. But we were talking about like barbecues, the traditional barbecue yeah. food. But... The hot dog is for amateurs. <laughs> but apparently... Um, pairing salmon and peas on the 4th of July has been a New England tradition for as long as Americans have been, America has been a country. No, so this is why I don't know about it, because I'm from the Mid-Atlantic, so is Katie. Yeah. We're strong (laughs) Mid-Atlantic. So, 4th of July, from when the, um, the Puritans and the, the other ones, the Pilgrims. Mm -hmm. The other ones, the the two peas. The two peas came to town. Mm Mm-hmm. They celebrated by eating salmon and peas. Really? And it's like, why? Why salmon and peas? And they said the salmon's annual migration up New England's rivers from the Atlantic made them available. We wouldn't even know from a salmon in Maryland. <laughs> like, is that a rockfish? Is it striped bass? No. It made them available and delicious source of protein. And delicious. <laughs> yeah, protein for the settlers in the early summer months. So yeah, that's like, gourmet. That's an easy yeah. way to get your, your, your protein. protein. It's estimated nearly 300,000 salmon made this yearly journey That's in colonial times. 300,000? Just in like a week. Okay. The fish, <laughs> the fish don't take the same paths in the same numbers that they used to because of the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s. They were like, F it. Wrecked havoc on their favorite stomping grounds. Okay. Stomping. Yeah. I wish people would get their metaphors together. These are fish. <laughs> You know, but luckily for us, the tradition has already been established, and luckily for future generations, ecological restoration projects are slowly but surely bringing the fish back up uh, New England's waterways. I mean, it's interesting because right up your waterway, right, New England, right, right <laughs> up your waterway. Um, get it up, you. So I always think about because I, I love you know says about the ocean and fish and whatnot. I just like to think that the salmon just went elsewhere. And we're like, it's it stinks over here. We're getting eaten like crazy. Yeah, but all at Let's once. Let's go elsewhere. Like in at that time of year, all the salmon are just like are on their way. So how does the, up there. how does the pea get into it? Because full disclosure, I hate peas. They're really unless you have it with something like a mashed potato. I don't even know oh. how you could get it onto a fork. How do you eat the peas? I love peas. What do you use a spoon? 
No, I use a fork. And will you just spear each piece separately? No, I always, no, I always like have a little food helper. Okay, to get it on. So the... whatever else is on the plate. It's, it's just a lot of work. It, it seems is, like but the it's a sun, delicious amount it's, of work. It's like the sunflower seed of legumes. I don't have time. <laughs> you know? Cracking those over yeah. a little reward. That's how I feel like with the pea. I'm eating, maximum you can eat like, what, four peas at once? No, I like um, pasta. With, with peas and ham? No, with peas and a Parmesan cheese and butter. I always wonder who those people are when I go to places <laughs> and they have possible. It's for you. It's for me. Okay. Yes, but there are... That's fine. Now I'm okay with it. But before I was like, get this shit out of here. Now I know someone who eats it, so it's all right. Yeah, in a late June, the, the, the late June ripening of peas made oh, for a clear choice of pairing with flavorful, nutritious dish of salmon. And many New Englanders added new potatoes... Not the old potatoes. <laughs> to round out the meal. Yeah. And that was like, that's what was going on at the time. So then it turned out to be the traditional meal and it was associated with the 4th of July. I've never heard of, I, and just full disclosure, the idea of like New England cuisine to me just sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah. These are not in my mind a good cooking people. No. Right. No, but that it was, but that was a thing. So you'll see in some families, they're just like. Peas and salmon. salmon. And do they season this? I'm going to guess not. Like, it looks like, well, they make some, uh, here's like a recipe that they give you. And okay. Like some kind of sauce Does it seem, it. say, well, okay, there's it's a sauce that very, goes on it. Very, mild. very basic. Yeah, but like, I, you could do yours um, any way you want, meaning the salmon. Yeah. The salmon I know how to cook, but uh, I would be really surprised if someone presented me with a pea that I wasn't like, screw this. Yeah. Oh, I love peas. <laughs> like you show up, if I a plate shows up in front of me with peas on it, oh, I'm happy. I'm going to remember that. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I, you know, maybe I'll try to cook peas. So July 4th events, we all know about the celebration of Independence Day, mm-hmm. but there are some other um, interesting events that happened on July 4th in the United States. One was in July 4th, 1827, and it deals with New York City, or New York, the New York area, had the second largest slave population by 1730. Wow. Uh, 42% of the population owned slaves. So this is the thing that people in the South are always like, well, there was slavery in the North, too. Yes, there was, but they got rid of it pretty early, and uh, they really got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, they were like, forget this. So by 1730, 42% of the population owned slaves. So like everybody, not a lot of slaves, one or two, yeah. a lot of people had, yeah. you know, because obviously not the huge plantation system. Right. But, you know, the the odd slave here and there, right? Um, while the state passed a law shortly following the Revolutionary War, ordering the gradual abolition of slavery. Right. So very early, they were like, we got to phase this out. Um, the slaves were not freed until July 4th, 1827, and that paved the way for abolition uh, of slavery in the U.S. So, like how early. Could, yeah, so that's... that's Yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I imagine it was the kind of thing where... Because New York has always been somewhat diverse, even mm-hmm. in the early days, and because of the kind of economy that's here, maybe they were like, we don't need this, and this is just a, kind of a bad look. It, it's, a, it's a bad thing because, you know? you know, that's one thing about living in New York. You learn pretty much early on yeah. that there's a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of the same in a way. It's yeah. like everybody has, like, either they have or they don't have, like, some kind of spiritual religious thing. Everyone has, like, a family or not, you know, that yeah. they grew up in. People care about certain things. Yeah. And so I guess this was not, the... Also, people were con- were coming to New York. Yeah. 
Right. Um, and so I think they didn't have to be as reliant on slaves as mm-hmm. in other places. Uh, it wasn't as much of a part. It didn't become as ingrained a part mm-hmm. of the culture as it did in other parts of the country. Uh, so And we always had immigration. People yes, were people were coming, coming and, and you know what? You could get slave-like people all the time. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Irish. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. You could get people who you could mistreat and not pay right. uh, on the regular. So... Um, and on July 4th, it's also the birthday of Reuben Garrett Lucius Goldberg, a.k.a. Rube Goldberg. No. Yes. Wow. The, he was the first president and one of the founders of the National Cartoonist Society. I can't even imagine what that meeting was like. The National Cartoonist <laughs> Society. you run for office. Oh, man. Um, he is best known for eccentric cartoons of complicated machines meant to complete simple tasks. For example, a 40-step series of uh, levers and pulleys that lead to something like turning on a faucet. These are now known as Rube Goldberg machines. I loved Rube, Rube mm-hmm. Goldberg as a kid. I think we actually studied him in elementary school. Yeah. I remember the teacher bringing in things. I think we had to come up with our own Rube Goldberg machine. Right. Like something that has 30 steps of like, Pats a dog on the head. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, um, So the... Oh, also on July 4th in... doesn't say in what year. Yeah. In July 4th, 1884, the Statue of Liberty is presented by the Franco-American Union to the U.S. Ambassador of France, Levi Morton. Um, and Li- Lady Liberty was then taken apart and shipped to the U.S. on a naval ship and then brought here. Wow. So that happened on July 4th Isn't as well. Isn't that something, like yes. this one event, this one idea, like I'm going to send a statue over. Also, not a great thing, well, not great for some, but dozens of race riots bro- uh, broke out across the country when Jack Johnson knocked out Jim Jeffries. So this was the African-American fighter mm-hmm. knocking out Jim Jeffries, a white fighter. Um, <laughs> yeah, fe- so fearing racial violence um, at the event, because they knew the brother was going to win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they, they anticipated that. They did not allow alcohol to be sold. Wow. Um, but more than 30,000 people showed up to watch the fight in Reno, Nevada, in an arena that was built especially for the event. I feel like whenever in history they set things up like this, the person who wins, it's always the person who's supposed to win. Yeah, So yeah, this yeah. was like a big racial thing. And if the racists probably should not have set this up. Yes. Because they ended up losing. Um, oh, here's an interesting one. In 1892, July 4th happened twice because it was a, a leap year. So there were 366 days, and Western Samoa made a change to its time zone that year. Um, and that shifted uh, back with the international dateline. And as a result, Western Samoa had two July fourths back to back. Oh, wow. So they celebrated it twice, meaning they probably didn't celebrate it at all. Because why would someone in Western Samoa in 1892 be excited about yeah, exactly. being a part <laughs> of the American right. Empire? Yeah. Also in July 4th, 1966, uh, the Freedom of Information Act was signed by LBJ. So that, uh, you know, journalists, researchers, statisticians, and regular people. 1966. Okay. So this is like an earlier FOIL Act. Okay. Freedom of Information Act. Uh, disclosure of certain information held by the U.S. government allows the public to request crime data, trial, court history, transcripts, investigative oh, stuff, and so on. Oh, okay. And then on... Um, That's ju- handy. Yeah, and then July 4th, we also mourn the loss, July 4th, 1995, of one Bob Ross. Oh. He died of lymphoma on July 4th, 1995. His final episode, The Joy of Painting, aired on May 17th, 1994. 
He's best known for fluffy clouds, happy trees, and poofy hair. Oh. That's what it says. So, Bob Ross. Oh, Yeah, Bob so Ross. some interesting other things. Happy fourth in heaven, yeah. Bob Ross. Happy Bob Ross. And also, um, you know, happy Freedom Day oh. for uh, African Americans yes. in New York. All right, what do you have? Let's, um, let's see. We're also talking about vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the, that's the season. That's what happens. Yeah, vacation. Yeah. Oh, I see my boy. Yes. So this, he looks this concerned. Is the segment. Yeah, I called it Muskew. Muskew, really. The Elon. The Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. Yeah. So we love to report on uh, billionaire playboy, entrepreneur <laughs> Elon Musk, and what he's up to. Billionaire playboy. Yeah, billionaire playboy. I want. You know what? I'm gonna make a T-shirt with him on it. It says billionaire <laughs> playboy. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Too. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. So it, this is an article saying why Elon Musk never takes a vacation. Why did somebody ask him? <laughs> <laughs> like, was that the? He's a very important and busy guy. Yeah. In 2015, <laughs> Elon Musk said he only has only taken two vacations since founding SpaceX a dozen years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, on his first vacation at PayPal, he was replaced by. Peter Thiel. Is that why he doesn't like to leave the office? He's afraid he'll be replaced. Yeah, well, Elon Musk didn't become a... a <laughs> he comes back to his office like, who the hell is this guy? Well, this is Elon Musk didn't become a billionaire and one of the most well-regarded entrepreneurs of our time by slacking off. But because of He his, didn't? No, he didn't. He didn't, wow. No. But because of his relentless attitude toward work, Musk has been quoted as saying he works 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. His personal life is suffering, and that includes his vacations. Says Musk. Yeah, so it, uh, he only ta- has taken two vacations, mm-hmm. in, as I said, in uh, 12 years, and that was reported in 2015. But as, he only works. Yeah. So you don't, like, he doesn't cook his own food. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not, like, he just works. Everything else is taken care of. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. Right? So then, so as I said, on his first vacation at PayPal, the board replaced him. <laughs> I can't imagine his... Elon Musk showing up. They just hand him a cardboard box He's with a... like a cactus in it. He comes it. back with his souvenir uh, tropical shirt on. Yes. He's hey, got... guys. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Like chocolates for everybody. Yes. Here from vacation. I was up. From the airport. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He puts the box out in the yeah. kitchen. In the kitchen at the office where everyone goes to his desk and they're like, no. And no one's, no one's looking at him. They're just kind of like... Keeping yeah. their eye on their desktop. Yeah. Uh, on his next vacation to Brazil, Musk contracted malaria and almost died. Okay. Well, you know, there's anti-malarial stuff, You whatever. Yeah. And then during his first vacation after founding SpaceX, one of his company's rockets His exploded. ball fell off. <laughs> like, what? One of his company's rockets. And he attributes this to vacation? The first time I took a week off, the orbital science rocket exploded and Richard Branson's rocket exploded. In that same week, the second time I took a week off, my rocket exploded. The lesson here is don't take a week off. Oh, your rocket will explode. explode. (laughs) Wow. He is, you know what, maybe not as smart as we thought. That's not, there's no, I don't know if I have causation there. Yeah, there's no, it's not causal. Like? It's, it's corollary. Maybe. Maybe. If, if you want to go that far. Yeah. But not causal. And we don't. The brushes. You know? We don't. We don't. We don't even want to go that far. The brushes with unfortunate timing certainly sucked. Um, however, Musk would soon become the richest man in the world. However. Yeah, but may have been exaggerating his fear of taking time off since he was spotted on vacation since. Um, 
he went on hyperbolic a, billionaire playboy. <laughs> he went on two vacations in 2017 alone. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He went on two official vacations in 2017. I'm sorry. He's taken unofficial vacations. No, I just read it wrong. Okay. And then he, he has an on again, off again girlfriend. Ooh. Her name is Amber Heard. Okay. I thought they got married. No. 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 Can you imagine having to deal with that guy? Although at the same time, he's always busy. He might be the perfect boyfriend. Yeah, right? You know? You I, see him once a month, maybe, in passing, in the hallway. Everything's yeah, taken every, care of. Yeah. He's like, what do you need? Everything, here you go, bye. Yeah. Um, so he, let's see, the first trip took place in May when Heard Musk and his children. Yeah, he was married before. Okay. Took so much needed time off together in Australia. Okay. And then, um, then they saw people saw um, Musk and Heard. In, Musk and Heard <laughs> in Chile, in Chile in mm-hmm. December. <laughs> but then he wanted to be alone and have some me time, so they didn't want her around. I think the interesting thing about Elon Musk is, I mean, clearly he's lying because he has taken some time off to go to a clinic to get some work done. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know when that happened or what the correlation because he's looking cherubic yeah. again. <laughs> um, but also, would would you even recognize Elon Musk? I would not. He just looks like a re- he doesn't look like Playboy billionaire Elon Elon Musk. He just looks like some guy. Yeah, with the Campbell soup face. Yeah. So <laughs> I imagine him doing vacation very quickly too, like. You know, like stand-up paddleboard. Oh, yeah. It's a one-hour lesson, but he's going to do it in 25 minutes. Yeah. Done. <laughs> Done. I conquered it. Yeah, I <laughs> conquered his vacation. I put, yeah, yeah, and I put a motor on it. I made it faster. You know? He's going to invent stuff that's and already it, there. And it goes into space and comes down again. Yes. Or it goes Some underground. X. Yeah. Underground and up when it shouldn't. Yeah, so basically he's afraid of taking vacation because he's had some disappointments associated with that you know i think i am gonna print up a billionaire playboy t-shirt yeah. and maybe i won't use his face i'll just use the outline of it yeah and just put just like billionaire playboy and then like yeah right you know i like that the idea. outline of yeah. elon musk it's just a, such a, a bizarre character i feel like this is one of these guys like howard hughes and towards the end mm-hmm. of his life he's gonna end up wearing all white and only living in a white room and like mm-hmm. not allowing things that are, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. he's gonna become eccentric yeah. In a, a very interesting way. Yeah. Um, after all of his companies ultimately fail. Right. I don't I don't see, you know. And that will be fascinating to him. Yes. It's like, ah, that failed because, mm. And he'll be one of these people who are kind of like, uh, because, you know, everybody thinks that they're going to be a major part of history, but a lot of people are footnotes and punchlines. Yeah. And I think he has the ability to become like that because there are so many people who are doing this kind of stuff, but is any of the things that he is doing going to 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 be to have such a big mark that they're mm-hmm. going to last in the future? Like, think about how many people we don't even that we don't think about now who've made major contributions. Yeah, and we can't. Yeah, no, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Nobody talks about them. Yeah, but during that time, everybody was talking about mm-hmm. them. Just like everyone was, you know, used to be talking about I don't know some celebrity. Mm-hmm. And then you think that's going to be the, the person, and then nothing. Yep, it's over. Yeah, like uh, I was talking to someone about the Who, you mm-hmm. know, the band the Who. Yeah, and they're still touring around now, and they're like a huge band. 
But is the who going to... Like, if I mention the who to young people, do they know who it is? Yeah, they're like... I, yeah. yeah, no oh, idea whatsoever. Right. Well, it's the thing that things are hot for a little while, and then they're not. Yeah. And it's, it's just true. That's how everything is. But you never know what's going to make it. You don't know. Well, in the 80s, all that, like, heavy metal, glam rock, yeah. party rock music, that kind of stuff was great and there's these documentaries where all these bands were trying to make it and they had them juxtaposed against the ones that did and they just didn't go anywhere th- no everyone was like this is it and then suddenly enter Nirvana and then it's all over and the whole sound changed and that whole genre was like way glam down. rock yeah. Now they're using them to advertise like candy and stuff. Yeah, but if then these people, all these bands like Poison and yeah. Motley Crue Rat, and everybody, yeah, out of they the were out of the cellar, right? Go back into the cellar. But that's, <laughs> that's the only thing that people know about Rat is out of the cellar. People don't even like a lot of people don't even know the music. They don't. Know they the just music. know Rat out of the cellar. And how I and I I have to look up the story again. But they had Rodney Dangerfield in their premiere that's video. Right. Yes, for He's Round not, and Round. Yeah, not getting respect. No, I'm sorry. Video. It wasn't Rodney Dangerfield. It was the other one. See, exactly. That's how Elon Musk is going to be. Yeah, it was. It was the other one who dresses in drag and thinks it's funny. He's older white man. Milton Berle. Milton Berle. Okay. Uncle Milty. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot he used to do. He drag. was in the rap video, not Rodney Dangerfield. See, <laughs> see what this happened? is going to be. Elon Musk going to be like Elon Musk. He had Virgin Airlines. Nope. That was Richard Branson. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, oh. Wah, wah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know what? But that. Elon Musk celebrates the freedom to be Elon Musk. That's right. And that's what we like. That's what we like about him. He's that's just right. doing his thing, uh, if it were. So I have uh, some a little information about songs and freedom. Songs. Uh, songs and freedom. <laughs> Sing about Great segue. Freedom. So... Um, if people have been following the news, there have been massive protests in Hong Kong about the idea that people are going to be extradited to mainland China and that mainland China is going to have a lot more surveillance of the people who are living in Hong Kong. So they've been protesting this, and mm-hmm. I've been kind of following it. But apparently um, last Sunday, two million protesters gathered together to protest, and apparently that's one-seventh of the population or something Get like out. that of wow. Hong Kong oh my God. came out to protest, um, and as a part of their protest, and this apparently happened has happened in other parts of the world, in Venezuela, in Taiwan, uh, in Turkey, as well as in Hong mm-hmm. Kong and other places, as a part of their protest, they broke into the song from Les Mis, Do You Hear the People oh, Sing? Oh, my God. And I can't think of anything as a... I, I don't often like to put myself in the thinking, like, if I'm, like, a despot or, like, a world leader. Mm-hmm. But how frightening that people are protesting, and all of a sudden they burst into a musical a very well done musical mm-hmm. rendition. Two million people of Do You Hear the People Sing? Wow. I would pack up my shit and go into hiding. Wow. Two million people. So this, um, I found this article um, about the guy who wrote the song, mm-hmm. Do You Hear the People Sing? He said, it was an extraordinary display of people power. I watched on television from my West London home, and I felt a, a lump rise in my throat. Not only because I admired their bravery in standing up to China, which is trying to force a new extradition bill on Hong Kong that could consign anyone living in the territory to be prosecuted in China, mm-hmm. But because the words were that they were singing were words I had written 33 years ago, and the song had been banned in China. So this wow. song from Les Mis, a musical that when it started, people thought it was going to be a flop. Mm-hmm. They were like, who? It started in the West End of London. 
who cares about some miserable people doing the French Revolution in a musical? Yeah, exactly. It was like... <laughs> right? So the... It's amazing. It's amazing, right? So it's based on Victor Hugo's classic novel, um, uh, Les Mis, or Les Miserables, and the original French lyrics for the song warned of the will of the people, but the, the guy who wrote the, the musical version said it sounded like political grandstanding, so he rewrote it to link the idea of liberty and democracy. Do You Hear the People Sing sought to demonstrate the power of words when set to inspirational music, a power that can mobilize people, silence guns, and lay down weapons. Um, so he thought that in writing this song for the musical, it would be a way for those characters to protest in a strong, unified way against uh-huh, the, uh-huh. The, uh, the French police. And he was, this guy grew up in, under apartheid. So he was thinking about that kind of injustice and how people can get together and sing and protest and, you know, the history of protest songs. Um, But he didn't realize that it would become an anthem for protesters everywhere. So people have been singing this all over the world. I didn't know about this because it's not reported, you know, in the news. I think I actually got this from the um, news in the U.K., and so the guy said, although he didn't, he didn't have the strength when he was younger to stand up and to apartheid himself. Later in life, he like wrote this song, kind of like with that stuff in mind. So it's just amazing to me that um, people are using this song that we all I know all the words to Les Mis uh-huh. from beginning to oh, end. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I had the cassette. It was like a double cassette tape. It was very expensive at the time. Yeah, I would when I had took long trips. My uh, best friend at the time and I, we'd play in the car, and we would sing the entire thing from, like, Maryland all the way to upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole thing. Yeah. Les Mis, <laughs> like, doing all the parts and everything, master of the house, like... Can you do... Can you sing parts, like, the male and female parts together and change your voice? We did, in yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah. We would, like, pick a part, and then the other person would go... And, I mean, we really... It's, like, a fun musical to sing. But the idea that two million people were burst into... Like, who starts it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what right, happens? Right, right, right. Like, do people just start humming, and then they're like... Do you hear like, they can't help themselves? Yeah. Two million people halfway around the world. That's amazing. So this is a protest song, and it's banned in China. So you know, uh, when they think it's banned, a a piece of theater is banned, it's powerful. Like Macbeth, apparently in a lot of despotic-run nations, cannot be done. Really? A lot of Shakespeare, because they are afraid that people will, you know, get the idea. I'm like, if they're doing Macbeth, dude, you're already fucked. Yeah. Like, if Macbeth is happening and you're, like, an evil dictator... Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. But I just... So I'm going to try to see if I can find a video of this. Because I find that fascinating, the idea of, of two million people spontaneously singing, singing yes. this song, and that's their protest. As um, if you were against this protest, what, stop singing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Quit harmonizing. You know? What if it's just women singing? Yeah. You know, chill. How do you deal with that as a. As you, a yeah, right. How do you deal with any kind of protest? It's like. You know what? I got to tell this was the funniest thing that I read. It has nothing to do with 4th of July or vacations, but there is a show. But you show. know, it's a free podcast, so we'll talk about what we want. That's right. It's free country. Um, so there is um, still there's a show on Amazon Prime called Good Omen, and it's about the angel. I saw an ad for that. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I started it's watching Neil Gaiman, it. right? Yeah, and uh, it's basically, it's the history of mankind on Earth. You know, there's the angel. And a demon mm-hmm. that are sent to Earth to kind of sway humans yeah. to either do good or do evil. And they kind of balance things Classic out or whatever. Classic story. 
So they always knew that the world would be destroyed, but they've been on Earth since the beginning, so they kind of like it. And they kind of like humans now at this point. Oh, no, they got like, not Stockholm Syndrome, but yeah. Yeah, so they're enjoying all the, all the things about Earth. And it's their gig. Yeah, and they don't want to go back to, like, boring heaven with no music or food. Nothing to do, yeah. And you don't want to no go back... No music or food. No, but there was, like, yeah. no no fun music. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were saying, you know, really, they like the sound of music up there. Okay. That's what they listen to. And in hell, they don't have all the fun stuff. It's okay. like suffering, you know, yeah, really. Yeah. So they want to stay, and so they want to stop... They want to stop um, the, the... The destruction? The destruction, it? yeah. The, the Antichrist is on the way, and, you know... Christ, I like that. We gotta just get this together. So Adam and Eve are played by black actors. And oh no wonder people are so upset. And the voice of God who does the narration is Frances McDermott. It's a woman. Uh, so all these Christian groups are petitioning Netflix for the show to be removed. Why? Did you men- did you hear me mention it yeah, was on it's Amazon? On Amazon. Uh, yeah. What? They organized and they went over to it. What did Netflix say? Netflix just was laughing. <laughs> you know? Everybody's laughing because all these groups are like. They, but it's they, it's it's like I have both Netflix and Amazon, and it's always it's like Amazon Prime presents. Yeah. Yes. Was so it called the Good Omen or something? The, yeah, Good Omen. Good Omen. It's good. It looks like a fantasy. Yeah, it's it's fun. But it using Christian, uh, well, some Christian stuff, I guess. Yeah, you'll see, you know, it's good. Oh, I'm going to check it out. Definitely check it out. Um, What's the protest for, though? They just didn't like the it? The Christian groups are saying that God is a woman, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that it shows evil being, like, portrayed as lighthearted. It makes fun of religion, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, make your own movie. Right, right. So, but the thing is, they haven't even seen it. Of course they haven't seen it. Didn't they even know. Yeah. And they went, uh, told, they had their preachers saying, go to Netflix and tell them to stop, and they got that part wrong. So, it's too, well, he, I mean, the interesting thing, too, is like the time to stop a show is before mm-hmm. it's been mm-hmm. produced, cut, you know, and like put online. Yeah. You got to get ahead of it. You can't come after the movie and tell them to stop it. It's too late. Yeah. Or make your own movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to watch that now. Yeah. Usually I don't like when when something gets protested. I'm like, mm, thanks for that little uh, <laughs> that tip, note. Right, when I, I need to have a look <laughs> at it and check it out. Um. Oh, so speaking of freedom, we talked about this before. Stoicism. Stoicism. Yeah. Uh, we had an email about it, and we responded to what stoicism is. But um, stoicism has a lot to do with freeing your mind. Uh, from, I guess, the trappings of the things that are going on around. So I found this from, like, it's like, you know, modern Stoicism or, like, Stoicism daily. Yeah. Um, so a brief introduction to Stoicism, brief synopsis and definition. It's a school of Hellenic Hellenistic philosophy founded in Athens by Zeno of Citium. Okay. Uh, in the early 3rd century B.C. and was practiced by, uh, most famously, by Seneca and Marcus Aurelius. And the philosophy asserts that a virtue, like wisdom, for example, is happiness. And judgment should be based on behavior rather than words, that we don't control and cannot rely on external events, only ourselves and our responses. So it's kind of the idea that, like, you know, accept the things that you can change and Uh those that you cannot and know the difference between the two. There are a few central teachings. And, by the way, this is a 101. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of white men have spent, <laughs> like, a lot of time studying it. That seems to be mostly who this applies to. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it sets out to remind us of how unpredictable the world can be and how brief life is. It tells you, uh, teaches you how to be steadfast and strong and have self-control. And finally, that the source of dissatisfaction mm-hmm. lies in our dependency on reflex senses rather than logic. So think before you act, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, really assess what's going on around you. It doesn't concern itself with complicated theories, but with helping us overcome destructive emotions and act on what can be acted upon. It's built for action, not debate. This is interesting. That's not... Built a, for action and not debate. Yeah. So it's not... Okay. Um... They had three principal leaders, Marcus Aurelius, the emperor of the Roman Empire, one of the most powerful men on earth. He, he followed a lot of the tenets of this. And one of the tenets of Stoicism is kind of one of Oprah's things is that you must journal. He journaled. He journaled. And he and advocated he journaling every single day, apparently. He wrote notes about restraint, compassion, and humility to, to record his thoughts, but also to remind himself, like, you know, to mm-hmm. act um, with restraint, compassion, and humility. So Stoicism has been practiced by kings, presidents, artists, writers, and entrepreneurs. So this tells you over time what kind of person this is, because a lot of us haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Both historical and modern men illustrate Stoicism as a way of life. Um, And I'm not saying it's bad because it's male, but it's it's something that has been, basically, it sounds like Elon Musk would be into it. Yeah, right, right, right. Billionaire playboy. It's like, how can I, it's... It's handling life. In yeah. A way. Like, I, I, don't, I want to achieve. Yes. How do I go about it? How do I go about yeah. it? Um, but there's some positive things in it for the mm-hmm. other people. So the Prussian king, Frederick the Great, says he was into Stoicism. Michael de Montaigne, the politician and essayist, was into it. Thomas Jefferson, George Washington. Mm-hmm. So these are people who have a, a lot of power coming out the gate mm-hmm. and are in a privileged position and have a lot of things that they have to deal with. And it's like, how do you focus on the big picture mm-hmm. instead of if you're the leader of a nation or a company how do you focus on the big picture and not get bogged down by like right. twitter yeah that kind of thing adam smith the economist john stuart mill um so it's a tool stoicism that can uh, be used to become better people to be better friends to be better in your craft um and it's they say that it's like a yoga session or a pregame warm up more than a philosophy book. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to be something that everybody can practice. So here are some exercises and stoicism okay, yeah, to like free yourself. If I want to be a stoic, yeah, what do um, I do? practice misfortune. Practice. Oh, so okay. think about the worst thing that can you know worst case scenario and think about how you're going to deal with it mm-hmm. if it happens and be realistic about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. At first, I'm reading this. I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, Train perception to avoid good and bad. So the idea, I guess, of not looking at things, something as black or white, but kind of seeing the, you know, some of the nuances and things and be able to know the difference Uh between positive and negative. Uh, Remember, and this is my favorite one because I say this all the time, it's all ephemeral. It's Yeah. You know? (laughs) Like, it's all ephemeral. It's all... What are you going to do? And a lot of, as you, as I get older, and I'm not that wise, I'm not trying to put that out there at all, but I see a lot of things that I was really concerned with, mm-hmm. even a few years ago, that I'm like, why did I waste time on that? Oh, I, yes. This is one thing everybody can look forward <laughs> yes. to, is that, 
you start looking at the it's like a bigger picture kind of yes thing. and you you see the same patterns over and over and they're not upsetting to you anymore you're like yep. oh this is just how they are and you and you see what kind of journey other people yeah have. Okay. and you said this before like you realize that you don't have to have a big reaction or yeah. any reaction to a lot of things yeah and we have had Marcy, who's our resident intuitive, she's talked about this too, with all the things that are going on. It's like, you don't have to, you can know about what's going on, but if you can't do anything about it, or if you're not going to do anything mm-hmm. about it, you don't need to beat yourself up over yeah. it. You can just accept that that's something that's happening. Um, this is the other, next one. Take the view from above. Mm-hmm. Remember that we are each probably very insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> like, even Elon Musk. Even Elon In Musk. In the grand scheme of things. things you know. Um, also, it says, memento mori, meditate on your mortality. Not in a negative way, but thinking, you know, you have a life. Mm-hmm. It will end at a certain point. What is it that you're going to well, then do what? with that time? Like, yeah. But then what, what are you going to do with that time? Yeah, what right? are you going to do with your time? So yeah. it's, not, it's not like live life for today, but kind of. Mm-hmm. You know, it does not live every day as if it's your last. Maybe live every year as if it's your last couple of years, mm-hmm. I would say. Also, ask yourself, is this within my control? Is there anything I can really do? If there are some small things you can do, sure, do them. But if there's nothing you can do... Then don't. Yeah. So, for example, like, I don't know. Say your your boss is a dick. What can you really do about that? Yeah. Yeah, you can decide that you can have it bother you. You can get a new job or you can just deal with it. Um, journal, which is the one I was surprised mm-hmm. about, that you must write every single day. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a few minutes, write some stuff down, your thoughts, how you feel you know, positive things. Um, practice negative visualization. So think about how things might go wrong and how you're going to react mm-hmm. to them. And then the last thing was, and this sounds like, you know, it's like a Sheryl Crow song. Love everything that happens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, sound like it, it, yeah. Yeah. It's like, but she's also like a, that mean edge. Like, just love it. Yeah. Like, if something happens, that's what's going to happen, and just be okay with that and mm-hmm. kind of deal with it and then come up with some kind of response to it mm-hmm. on your own. So, that's stoicism, how to free your mind. That's one branch of philosophy. Um, for It says for people who are living in the real world. Not bad. Not bad. Not a bad thing, yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot worse because you see sometimes, um, just like with any beliefs, sometimes the people who practice them are the worst evangelists for Mm -hmm, them. mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right? right. But when you look at it, what it actually is about, it seems like it's something that could be very helpful Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. So that's stoicism. Free your mind. Free your mind. And your ass will follow, I think. Yes, I know. All right. What do you we have? need more on Vogue. We need more on Vogue. Oh, God, yeah. I was listening to some of that the other day, and I was like, oh, It's fun. Good. Yeah. I like them. Um, okay. How to, to be more independent. Okay. All you ladies independent, throw your hands up at me. <laughs> I love how they show married Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah, right? Here, I have seven creative tips. Okay. One is get a lace front weave. A lace front weave, is that it? Yes. Because <laughs> yeah, Jaquetta's, uh, listeners, Jaquetta's looking at a picture of Beyonce. Yes. That is the that is the hero shot for this I, I don't understand, and I have a big problem. I don't, I don't care about Beyonce either way. Because, you know, I'm in my 40s, and I feel like there's Beyonces all the time mm-hmm. in entertainment. Yeah, yeah. But there's always that. There's that. always the it, whatever. Yeah. The, the one that makes all the people the most money. But I don't know if someone like a Madonna or a Beyonce or a Cindy Lauper is someone you can even think about patterning your life after. Mm-hmm. None of us have that much talent. 
Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's true. And have been training for that long. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like they want to put an independent. It's just like, you know, a basic millennial woman who's paying her rent. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Right, it's like... <laughs> and it's covering her student loans. You think about all the work that we've put into everything in our life, and then what it's come to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, when we... when we, we all like to think that we're strong, independent people, and chances are that's totally the case. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. Oh, no, yes. But sometimes we can all use a boost on how to be more independent. We rely on others' help oh, more than yeesh. we realize. I get so little help. This is New York City, lady. No one's trying to do anything for anybody. When you go out to eat, do you ask your pal what you should eat? No. no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when you're at work, chances are you ask a trusted coworker to look over an important email before you send hit send. No. No. We're writers. Yeah. And don't forget those times you called up your mom to ask her what you should do when you found yourself between a rock and a hard place. Hell to the no. 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 Okay. <laughs> like, no, no, and no. We, like, Never. Uh-uh. We all rely on advice here and there, but sometimes you need someone to help you realize you, what you actually do want. Huh? It's some money <laughs> and a foot rub. Is that on there? It's true. That's yeah. exactly what you need. Yeah. A C note and somebody to do so a pecure. I guess some people have a 20 to learn. 20-minute leg massage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, some people. Have to learn how to trust themselves. I guess this is a very young uh, person. Right. But even when I was good... young, and I think you two, and nobody was trying to help us do shit. People were trying to stop us and ask us for help. I never On asked, their shit. Yeah. I never nobody asked was trying anybody to help what me. I should eat. What should I eat? Your question? You would punch like me. Food. <laughs> you would. You would smack me. I would probably get up. Someone's <laughs> replaced my friend. What do I eat here? I don't know what to eat. What do uh, I you eat? know, I would say food, and I would wait. <laughs> Can you look at this email? You again? Can you, you look would, at this email? You would punch me even in the role play. Yeah, I'm, I'm upset with that. <laughs> Can you look at this email? I mean, I yeah, I guess I could look at this email, but I'm not going to send your old damn email. All right, so here's some tips for. <laughs> I mean, don't make it about me. Now I'm responsible for your email and your food. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> Okay, how to so be independent. So for, for those, make yourself uncomfortable. Huh? Eh, look, I have never been comfortable. I've been called many things, but comfortable is not one <laughs> no. of them. Become, you have to be willing to take some scary steps that might make you feel uncomfortable. Every time I leave my apartment. I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, when faced like, with moments like those, our gut instinct is to find a way to avoid the uneasy feeling. You can't. You can't. You just have to do it and feel bad. Yeah, just keep going. Yeah. I take the shark approach to things. If you stop moving, you die. Yes. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah, so you take yourself out of that comfort zone. I hate the comfort zone. It's like Where is it? <laughs> I, I can't wait to get into the comfort zone. <laughs> when is it going to happen? We always do what we have to do. Yeah. Even if it, if it sucks, right? Make decisions that will on be your on our tomb. So we did what we had to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Make decisions on your own. It may not Again, of- no, like, I wish I had the problem of trying to be more independent. Yeah, like having helpful people around you. Yeah, that constantly. Are, that are knowledgeable. Yeah. No, make your own decisions. Yeah, stop planning my meals for me. I'm too healthy and svelte. Yeah. Three, nix the urge to explain yourself. No one cares. Yeah. No one has ever said to me, explain yourself. They've walked off before they finished the Sometimes when you make a decision on your own, we feel the need to explain or back it up with proof. Huh? No. No. Just this. Yeah. 
There's no one around. No one cares what decisions I'm making. Right. <laughs> if you want to become independent, force yourself to fight the urge to explain. Um, yeah. There's Again, we're so independent that we're alone. <laughs> Nobody's. Who's going to hear this explanation? I'm just speaking it to the wall. Yeah, right. Tell the bees. Pretend you're in it alone. You, you are in it alone. alone. Yeah. You're, <laughs> congratulations. It can be hard to re- not to reach out and ask someone for help when you're in a tricky spot. No. You oh, always have. I. You know what? There's definitely been some moments when I've been in the airport. I've wanted to fall on my knees and be like, well, someone for the love of all that is holy, just help me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, no that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Sorry. Just, just and in New York, somebody would say, get up and get pull your up. shit together. Yeah. <laughs> and keep moving. You're blocking the sidewalk. <laughs> I ran into, uh, there was a woman on the street, and she was just, like, crying. Like, a young woman just burst into tears. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, it's just sometimes you have to just cry. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Here, take these tissues. That's what I was going to say. Did you give her tissues? I gave her get tissues, about your business. And I was like, hope it gets better. Yeah. See ya. I give tissues to people all the time, mm-hmm. and that's all you're going to get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time. Um, there's plenty of therapists. Yeah. Tell it to the bees. All right. <laughs> The bees. Yes, tell it to the bees. Take off your social mask. Uh-huh. All right. It could be hard to grow your independence if you're constantly weighed down by the image you need to present to others because that image comes with a, with it a set of responsibilities that might make you feel obligated to perform. Oh okay, here here's the reality of it. Everybody hates you and nobody cares. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there, you're free now. You're free. You don't have to make everyone like you. No, they don't like, they don't like nobody you. Nobody likes you. They're not going to like you. Practice your assertiveness. Okay. What else is new? Yeah. Become comfortable with being assertive is important in gaining your independence. Because it makes you comfortable with saying your real opinion and sticking up for yourself. That's hard for people. Yeah. That's a very difficult one. And I feel like they could have spent more time in this article on that. Yeah. On how to to assert yourself. How to assert yourself should have been this article. I think some of the thing, too, with people asserting themselves is they are, if you don't do it enough, okay, that's all we do. But if you don't do it enough, (laughs) you, you become afraid of the reaction. Yeah. That it's going to be a huge reaction, and that, but generally and you assert yourself. Bigger yeah, and, and when it, there is a reaction, you amplify it. Yeah, and, and generally people assert themselves, and other people are like, "All right, man, mm-hmm. you said that before," <laughs> and then moving on. Okay, get to know yourself. Number seven. Mm-hmm. How can <laughs> how can you know how to make decisions for yourself if you don't know your likes, values, or goals? What do you like? You know, but some people... Some really, people don't know. They don't know that because they are molded, especially young women, yeah. into like, no, you be this, you be that, because that's the way we accept you. And if you if you try to say that I like sharks, I like... Um, <laughs> if you try... I like... The, you know what I mean? If it's you like, try to say that you're interested in the wolf or a dinosaur... Yeah, and you're a young woman, no. they'll be like, Taylor no, Swift. That's right. <laughs> yes. Forget about the animal kingdom. Yeah, and they're like, but all I want to do is yeah. study gorillas. And they're like, no, no. you want to wear a miniskirt. Yeah, and here's, a, here's a loaf of Wonder Bread. Get to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, those, that's the kind of thing. It's like that acceptance that you're looking for, mm-hmm. but you're afraid to go after what you and really like. it's all, whatever people are trying to get you to do, it's always the most boring option. No yeah. one's ever like, you know what, become a pilot. Yeah. Don't listen to them. Yeah. It's always like, you know, just whatever the most basic. Right. Do administrative assistant work. Yeah. That's well You'll paid and garners a, a lot of respect. Yeah. So, try to become more independent, everyone. Yeah, free your mind. Get out there and independent. Celebrate your own independence on Independence Day. That's right. Hot dog or not. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.